podcast. It's been a long time, it feels like. So much stuff to talk about. Uh, so we'll get started with Donald Trump. Uh, he met with uh, both North Korea and Japan leaders, uh, and he had this to say. Target individuals, companies, financial institutions that finance and facilitate trade with North Korea. Today I'm announcing a new executive order to sign that significantly expands our authorities to target individuals, companies, financial institutions that finance and facilitate trade with North Korea. As I outlined in my address to the United Nations General Assembly, North Korea's nuclear weapons and missile development is a grave threat to peace and security in our world, and it is unacceptable that others financially support this criminal growth regime. The brutal North Korean regime does not respect its own citizens or the sovereignty of other nations. Our new executive order will cut off sources of revenue that fund North Korea's efforts to develop the deadliest weapons known to humankind. The order enhances the Treasury Department's authorities to target any individual or entity that conducts significant trade in goods, services, or technology with North Korea. And I'm very proud to tell you that, as you may have just heard moments ago, China, the central bank, has told their other banks, it's a massive banking system, to immediately stop doing business with North Korea. Just happened. Reported. In addition to everything else, what we will do is identify new industries, including textiles, fishing, information technology, and manufacturing that the Treasury Department can target with strong sanctions. And Secretary Mnuchin is representing the Treasury Department here today. To prevent sanctions evasion, the order also includes measures designed to disrupt critical North Korean shipping and trade networks. For much too long, North Korea has been allowed to abuse the international financial system to facilitate funding for its nuclear weapons and missile programs. The United States has had representatives working on this problem for over 25 years and have done nothing. That's why we're in the problem that we're in today, in addition to, frankly, other countries not doing what they should have done. Tolerance for this disgraceful practice must end now. Our new order will give the Treasury Department the discretion to sanction any foreign bank that knowingly conducts or facilitates significant transactions tied to trade with North Korea. And again, I want to just say uh, and thank President Xi of China for the very bold move he made today. It was a somewhat unexpected move, and we appreciate it. New authority in this area applies to any activity that occurs 
following my signature on the executive order, which I have actually just signed. Foreign banks will face a clear choice to do business with the United States or facilitate trade with the lawless regime in North Korea. They won't have so much trade. This new order provides us with powerful new tools, but I want to be clear, the order targets only one country, and that country is North Korea. The regime can no longer count on others to facilitate its trade and banking activities. Many countries are working with us to increase economic and diplomatic pressure on North Korea, but I continue to call on all those responsible nations to enforce and implement UN sanctions and impose their own measures like the ones I am announcing today. I must tell you that this is a, uh, a complete denuclearization of North Korea that we seek. Cannot have this as a world body any longer. In just a few minutes, Prime Minister Abe, President Moon, and I are going to discuss what more we can do working together. We've had a very, very close relationship. I think our nations have become closer because of this. I know it's going to be a great meeting. Our alliance with South Korea and Japan has never been stronger than it is today. We share a commitment to creating a world where strong and independent nations honor their people, respect their sovereignty, respect the sovereignty also of other nations, and promote peace. Thank you very much. All right. So Donald Trump had a lot to say there. Um, most of it was scripted, which is why what he was saying made a lot more sense than what he usually says. Um, it was interesting what he was talking about with China. Uh, China, uh, the banks not doing trade with North Korea, um, that could have a huge impact. It may not. We'll have to see. Uh, but I think that's, uh, that's progress in what they're trying to do uh, in terms of putting these sanctions on North Korea to try to put pressure on them to come to the negotiation table so um, you know pretty interesting stuff there from the 21st um, on the flip side uh, finally getting a chance to talk about a little bit about Canadian politics um, Justin Trudeau had the opportunity to address the United Nations General Assembly earlier this week and he did so uh, but when he did he was talking a lot about the indigenous people and how Canada treats indigenous people. And my brain dropping on that, my thought on that, was that while I agree that Canada has a lot of work to do for and with indigenous people, I find that the UN is an odd audience for Trudeau to address it to. Um, I've heard some other opinions since then. I've heard some people say that they think uh, Trudeau is doing it to show the UN that Canada is not a country that's above um, other countries in terms of issues um, to show you know that Canada does have its own issues that they're trying to resolve um, in, in an effort to try and gain a seat on the United Nations Security Council in 2021 which they're not even doing an election for until next year that the preliminary votes for it so it's politicking from Justin Trudeau, um, and it may it may end up costing him because I don't know how many Canadians were too happy with what he had to say in front of the UN. Um, it brushed some people the wrong way, 
Uh, for me, it's not that I disagree with the message that Trudeau was talking about. I do believe that Canada has still a lot of a lot of work to do, um, especially when it comes to education for Indigenous people um, and, and so many other things as well. Um, there, there's definitely a lot of work to do. So I do agree with the message. I just don't know about the audience. I think that's a better message to the Canadian people than it is to the United Nations and the rest of the world. I, I don't know if airing your dirty laundry to the world is acceptable by all Canadians. Um, for me, it didn't brush me the wrong way. It just was weird to me. I, I found that like I, I didn't quite understand why Justin Trudeau was speaking to the United Nations about it where I think that's more of a message that he should be delivering to the Canadian people and, and other MPs in Parliament. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and then there was this. This was a tweet from uh, Jan Henrique, who pointed out something very strange, an ECG uh, machine, which is used for uh, medical purposes, has a screen at the bottom right. And when he uncovered the box, it actually showed the screen was a Game Boy Advance SP screen. Uh, so I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, pretty crazy stuff for, from Jan Henrique there. Um, then Tim and Sid tweeted out that Crying Jordan, Crying Jordan, the meme Crying Jordan, um, really actually did make it to the game show Jeopardy. Uh, so they've got a link to it. Let's see if this will work. Find memories, 400, please. For some reason, a picture of this athlete crying after his NBA Hall of Fame induction in 2009 became meme-worthy in 16. Justin? Who is Michael Jordan? Yes. Find memories, 400, please. For some reason, a picture of this athlete crying after... Yeah, so pretty crazy stuff. Crying Jordan meme actually did make it to Jeopardy. Um, then Shams tweeted out for the NBA, uh, sticking with the NBA, uh, Minnesota's Andrew Wiggins, Canadian player, uh, is progressing towards a five-year, $148 million maximum extension. He's hopeful to sign it soon. Uh, sources were telling the vertical. So... Um, you know, very interesting situation. Andrew Wiggins, so much hype about him. Uh, I think a lot of people still feel like there's still so much potential in him. Uh, you know, he's got the nickname Maple Jordan, uh, being a Canadian player. Um, you know, it's it's a shame that I'm kind of split. I, I'm happy, I'm actually thrilled to see so many Canadian players, uh, you know, making it to the NBA and not just making it, but really really showing what they can do and you know that goes all the way back to Steve Nash um, when he won the MVP with the Phoenix Suns uh, you know and it, it continues with so many great Canadian players as a Raptors fan and this is where I'm split you would love to see more of those Canadian players playing with the Raptors jersey on Andrew Wiggins I've always felt like is one of those players that you wish could be a Raptors player um, this deal would probably nix that, um, but it would give Minnesota uh, the type of player that I think they've been longing for, like a, a possible perennial all-star player. So much potential, 
um, possible superstar. Um, you know, it's something that I think the Minnesota fans desperately have been waiting for since they lost Kevin Garnett, which was such a long time ago now. Um, I, I, you know, as a Raptors fan, I'm kind of jealous, but as an NBA fan and just in general, like, I, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves fan base has been waiting long enough for, you know, their next big all-star. And I think that, uh, obviously, they've got a lot of great young players, but I think Andrew Wiggins, to me, stands out. And I think that that's the right type of deal for them to do. And, you know, I'm happy for their fan base. And I'm happy for Andrew Wiggins. It'll be interesting to see how it goes in Minnesota. Um, then there was this uh, from Tim and Sid. A lot of times, you know, we tend to focus on just in general. Spins away from a hit. Played the puck to the slot. Gillies makes the save. Rebound! Gillies down. The puck's underneath him as he reaches behind his back and somehow is able to hang on for a faceoff. What about the presence of Gillies? He caught that in the air with his glove. They like that save in Calgary. Beauty. So, yeah, as I was saying, uh, uh, in general, we tend to talk more about the goals, the beauty goals. Um, sometimes we forget to talk about the beauty saves. And uh, John Gillies made a hell of a save there, a beauty save, um, as P.K. Subban would say, um, against Vancouver there, um, you know, behind his back with the glove. Really, really cool stuff there. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's just September right now. And, you know, the beginning of this week, I wasn't really feeling the NHL. I was like, eh, you know, it's coming back, but you know, not too much to get too excited about. But, you know, so much stuff has gone on in this week, especially the middle of the week, you know, towards the end. Uh, you know, you talk about the face-off penalties. Uh, you, you talk about the China games, which we talked about in a previous podcast. Um, you know, the, 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 the hope of so many Canadian teams, Canadian markets right now, uh, that they're going to have a good season. Um, you know, it, it's actually getting me excited and hopefully you guys excited as well about the NHL season. Um, seeing a save like that uh, definitely gets me excited for the NHL season as well. So, uh, you know, really, really cool stuff going on in the NHL right now. Uh, then there was this. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty crazy. So, uh, some of you guys may or may not watch MSNBC, I, I don't know. I, I, from time to time, do check out some of the characters that are on it. One of them who has his own show is Lawrence O'Donnell. And he blew up because of two things. There was a hammering noise that was going on in the background as they were going to film his show. And also he was getting something in his ear, as you'll hear him talk about. Both of those things really pissed him off. And it pissed him off to the point where he had like a Bill O'Reilly type of meltdown. That's right, Bill O'Reilly when he was saying, fuck it, we'll do it live. Yes, that type of meltdown. Uh, so hopefully this will play. Uh, we'll give this a shot. no luck so so yeah the Lawrence O'Donnell meltdown I definitely recommend you guys check it out uh, it's on twitter.com slash the John D Newton definitely check that video out. you'll see the original and you'll also see we did a remix 
with MC Hammer, and this is good. Who's asking for a Labor Day rundown in my ear? What's going on? Why am I losing this? Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. Who's asking for a Labor Day rundown in my ear? Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. You have insanity in my earpiece. There's no words there. I don't know what that means to play us out. Stop the hammering. Stop. Have time. All right, go, go. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? I can't do it. Where is it? Where's the hammer? We'll do it live. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. We'll do it live. Stop the hammering. Do it live! I'll go down to the goddamn floor myself and stop it. I'll write it and we'll do it live! Call fucking Phil Griffin. I don't care who the fuck you have to call. Stop <laughs> the hammering. We'll do it live! Fuck it. Fucking out of control. Shit. Fucking thing sucks! Jesus Christ. <laughs> this fucking stupid hammering. Fucking sucks. Fucking thing sucks. It fucking sucks. Fucking thing sucks. Any fucking thing can come into my ear at any moment. Do it live. That's what I know. Anybody can get into my fucking ear at any time. Do it live. Oh man. I hope YouTube doesn't cut that out. If it does, again, Twitter.com/slash/TheJohnDNewton. There's a mashup of. Uh, not just Lawrence O'Donnell, but Bill O'Reilly, as you saw there, uh, set to MC Hammer. Um, just hilarious stuff. As you can tell, like, my face is red. I was dying laughing if you're watching on YouTube. Um, then there was this. This was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, if you're like me, and this is from Q13Fox, if you're, if you're like me uh, and you grew up in the 90s as a kid, uh, you probably grew up with shows like Family Medicine, and you know this was kind of heartbreaking uh, if you're like me and you were a kid that grew up in the 90s like me uh, you probably grew up watching shows like Family Matters uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Full House Saved by the Bell um, all those types of shows just really really Boy Meets World I mean the list goes on and on there's so many really really good shows back in the 90s I wish they had those types of shows today for kids these days but I don't think they really do uh, which is a shame even more of a shame, though, uh, according to Q13 Fox, the Family Matters house in Chicago is actually going to be demolished. Uh, that's so sad. And this image doesn't really do it justice because I think if you're like me, I was looking at that house and I was like, that doesn't really look like the Family Matters house. But you got to remember, when you saw the Family Matters house, it was usually they were pulling away from it with like a helicopter shot. So you were looking at it, you know, downwards so you'd, you'd recognize the house because you would see a little bit more of a roof there in front of the door because that's that's the, that's the image you know as an ever say like it would say like family matters you know as, as it was showing the intro for the show um but man you, you wish that uh, steve urkel or uh, stefan this alter ego or somebody would do something so that they they wouldn't have to demolish the house but uh yeah i found that to be pretty sad um, you know, you, you, you'd like to see a place like that get, like, historical uh, site-type value uh, so that they wouldn't be able to demolish that place. Um, but unfortunately, that's not 
the case. Um, then there was, and, and this show is probably going to be pretty heavy on a lot of stuff about the Graham Cassidy bill because we left off so much for the last few days. Uh, so let's catch the, let's catch up on some of this stuff. So uh, Jesse Lyric uh, tweeted, "Oh my God, the GOP's attempt to buy uh, Senator Mikowski's Graham Cassidy vote is literally just okay, Alaska." you can keep Obamacare. And it absolutely is. It even says here that Alaska, along with Hawaii, will continue to receive Obamacare's premium tax credits while they are repealed for all other states. Uh, so really, really crazy stuff there. So yeah, like it's hilarious to me that the deal that they're making to repeal Obamacare is that the people that aren't really for this new bill for them to actually keep Obamacare. Uh, so it shows you how, I'll be blunt, fucking ridiculous it is that what the Republicans are trying to do. They're basically saying Obamacare is bad, but it's not so bad that these other guys can't just keep it just so we can pass our bullshit bill. Um, really pathetic. I think the longer that this drags out, I. I I don't know what the Republican strategy is anymore, man. I, I really don't because they look like such fools. Uh, the fact that they've got a majority and they can't pass shit the first time, let alone the second time, or now this current one is the third time. That's right, guys. Three times they've tried to pass their bullshit repeal and replace Obamacare, and three times, and this will more than likely also be that third time, it will fail when they have the majority of votes. I do not get it. I think each time that they rehash this issue, it makes them look weaker and weaker and dumber and more incompetent every single fucking time. So I don't know why they keep doing this, but it's just doing further damage to themselves. And even their best case scenario, let's be honest, guys, even in their best case scenario, if they pass their bullshit bill, what then? people will actually see the impacts that it's going to have and mostly the impacts look to be negative. So no, it's a, it's a can't win situation. I don't, you know, if I was a Republican, I would try to run the fuck away from this issue as quickly as possible because it's only going to bury this party. The truth is at the end of the day, Republicans would love for everything to be run by the insurance companies no matter what the fuck they tell you in terms of uh, politicking, that's the truth. They're bought and paid for by these insurance companies. The same can be said for the majority of Democrats as well. They're no better. So this bullshit that they want to make sure that pre-existing conditions are covered and, you know, everybody can get a free lollipop and all this bullshit, it's all bullshit, man. The, the Republicans would love for everything to go back to the way that it was, which is just the insurance companies being able to do whatever the fuck they please and people getting screwed over and people dying. Um, and, and for medical costs to continue to skyrocket, um, it's just, for me, so fucking sad that a country that has the potential to be as great as what America has the potential to be as great as continues to fuck it up when it comes to healthcare. I don't understand how a country can spend so much fucking money on their military and then when it comes to healthcare, it's, oh, we're out. We're not spending anything for healthcare. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, 
you outspend the second biggest military in the world like fucking six to one or some crazy fucking number i can't even remember the statistic because it's so fucking insane you're outspending the second greatest military in the world like six fucking times over what the fuck is wrong with you and you don't want to spend a similar amount or most likely less for healthcare are you fucking crazy i it's a rhetorical question i guess clearly when offers like this are being made they are pretty fucking crazy uh so matt fuller tweeted out gop leaders obamacare is a disaster we're on a rescue mission also gop leaders will bribe a senator by letting her state keep obamacare <laughs> that's exactly right that's what's fucking happening here guys uh judd Lug- uh, legum uh not quite sure how you pronounce that tweeted out that republicans are bribing murkowski by letting alaska keep obamacare pretty much destroys the idea that this is better than obamacare and i would agree i think most people with the brain would agree with that as well uh uberfax tweeted out headaches come from too much carbon dioxide and not enough oxygen uh so that's pretty interesting didn't know that before uh uberfax also tweeted out on average you will spend 92 days sitting on the toilet in your lifetime you think about your lifetime and you think about how much time you spend on the toilet i think that's a pretty low number for the average (laughs) there's some people out there that might actually be spending 92 days on the toilet in one year let alone their whole lifetime (laughs) Uh, so i thought that was pretty funny uh jimmy kimmel tweeted out again jimmy kimmel's been on this issue for healthcare really for the last week or so um especially against uh, senator cassidy Uh, But he tweeted out, thank you, Senator John McCain, for being a hero again and again and now again. And that's right. It's the third time that the Republicans have tried to pass this bullshit repeal and replace. And it is the third time that John McCain has said, fuck you. Let's do a bipartisan approach. And as soon as Washington hears the words bipartisan approach, they say, oh, we didn't hear anything. Let's move on to the next issue. It would be nice if people would actually fucking listen to somebody like John McCain and said, hey, maybe we should try to do a bipartisan approach. Uh, Matthew, going into wrestling, so totally different subject for a second. Uh, Matthew for Botchamania said, the match that should have headlined No Mercy 2016, uh, and that would have been uh, three count crushers presenting No Mercy Dolph Ziggler's career going up against the Miz's intercontinental title. Um, And if I can take you back to what that feud was, it was made thanks to Talking Smack, which Vince McMahon got rid of, unfortunately, uh, and Ziggler possibly leaving. And it was one of the best feuds in a long time. I totally agree with what, what what Matthew's saying there. And I also feel like it really helped to push the Miz and I think the Miztourage angle on Raw has kind of brought him down a bit I think Smackdown was like the perfect platform for the Miz and I really thought the Miz was going to escalate towards the championship the WWE championship um, but I, I don't mind him being the Intercontinental Champion I think he does bring a lot to that title a lot of credibility um, I still think he's one of 
he's, he's become now, surprisingly, one of the most underrated talents on the roster, surprisingly. Um, but I, I, I think that this was a turning point for The Miz. This feud really kind of got him over, and even if it didn't, with some fans out there that are, that are watching this podcast, I would tell you my own personal opinion, it definitely, he got more respect from me based off of this feud. Um, I just loved what he did with it, um, and especially what he was doing on Talking Smack, and I hate that Vince McMahon got rid of that, that show. I thought that it set up so many great storylines, and it, it, got, it gave you a chance to see the wrestlers develop their characters in a way that their shows don't. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if they're ever going to bring back Talking Smack, but um, it definitely, I think, helped propel The Miz in this feud. Um, so I, I totally agree with Matthew with that. Uh, so then going back to 21 hours ago, uh, so we're back within the 24 hours now. Um, uh, so yeah, so uh, 21 hours ago I tweeted about uh, going out to see the Kingsman to the Golden Circle. Um, and I'll be honest, it was very slow at first, uh, but definitely picked up and the action definitely picked up as you would expect from the Kingsman. Um, spoiler alert so if you want to see the Kingsman which I actually recommend that you do um, fast forward through this part uh, so spoiler alert the best part of the movie to me was the randomness of Elton John uh, not just making a cameo Elton John was at a huge role in the movie itself um, so I thought that it was hilarious and uh definitely worth watching just for Elton John's performance alone um, so if you don't mind the spoiler you got one there um, hopefully if you do want to see Kingsman you, you didn't hear any of that so um, moving on uh, speaking of movies uh, so October doesn't really seem like it's gonna be a month of good movies to me I, I'm probably just gonna sit it out probably not gonna go see anything in theaters um, but there are two movies that are coming out this week, uh, the end of this week, that I'm interested to see. Uh, one of them is the remake, the reboot of uh, Flatliners. And even though I'm not the biggest fan of sequels, I want to see The Kingsman too. And even though I'm not the biggest fan of reboots, I'm going to go see Flatliners. Um, sometimes you hope for the best and I did with the Kingsman 2 and they delivered I'm hoping for the best with Flatliners because the original Flatliners movie I absolutely loved um, but the only thing without having seen the new Flatliners movie that I would say is that I think they missed a golden opportunity I think it would have made way more sense since it is a reboot of a movie that starred Julia Roberts back in the day if they had figured out to cast Emma Roberts for this. Uh, I thought that would have been very, very cool, but instead they chose Ellen Page from Juno, a Canadian actress. Um, we'll see how she does. I don't want to judge until I see it. I just think it would have been cooler if they could have casted uh, Emma Roberts. I think it would have made more sense to me. Uh, then there was this. This absolutely killed me. Uh, so this was <laughs> a mural. Uh, that somebody made uh, that features a quote from Kurt Cobain uh, it's better to burn out than fade away but then it's got the image 
of David Spade. <laughs> I don't know, but just looking at that, it kills me. It still does. Uh, if you haven't seen the image, definitely check it out. It's on twitter.com slash the John D. Newton. It's also on my Instagram. Uh, same thing, instagram.com slash the John D. Newton, um, or just at the John D. Newton if you're looking for it. Um, hilarious. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know. It's so random, but it's so funny to me. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that a woman once set her duplex on fire just to kill a spider. Uh, so I thought that was pretty crazy. Uh, so then, so then, um, there was an incredibly emotional, uh, segment from the show First Things First, uh, from the former football player, uh, Chris Carter. And he was talking about concussions in football and the impact. And it was one of the most emotional segments of any show I've ever seen. Um, you can see that the how conflicted uh, Chris Carter is about um, about the whole subject. Um, so I wanted to play it for you guys uh, because it actually had me emotional. Uh, it was so powerful. By the information, um, I was shocked by the recent study of the hunt. Uh, it's very frightening. Um, I was shocked by the information. Um, I was shocked by the recent study of the 110 uh, former players, um, 111, 110 of them having some form or advanced stages of CTE. Um, it, it's, it, it's just, it, it's hard for me because ever since I can really, really remember this is what I wanted to do. But now as a, as a former player, I've never really had any other job besides sports. So I played football 16 years, you mentioned that. I've been in television 16 years talking about sports, talking about football. Nick and I were talking earlier, I've taught so many kids football. I coached a little league team, traveled playing football, coached a high school team. We got 11 kids playing in the NFL today. Like, to me, I, I wonder, like, what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen to my generation? I've had teammates who've killed themselves. Andre Waters, teammate of mine in Philadelphia. I've had good friends of mine, Junior Seau, Dave Dorson, great men. Guys that have done tremendous things in their community. All of a sudden, they became violent and took their own lives. So I worry. I worry what my future is. Now, I haven't shown any signs of it. I didn't have any recorded concussions playing, but I would say there is some type of fear, fear of the unknown, but I sit here conflicted because I, with all the information I have, I, I wouldn't change a thing. When I was seven years old, I tried to play football. A doctor changed my birth certificate. I wasn't even old enough. The lady told me, son, come back with your mom. I had a pin on my birth certificate. I had changed it. And I came back the next year so proud, signed up, paid my $25. And football gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of meaning. There's not a whole bunch of options in America for a black man. But sports, it gives you that opportunity. 
People don't discriminate. People don't care what your religion is. It's a matter of who is the best. So where would my life be without football? I don't know. And I'd hate to think about it. But what football has done for my family, I mean, what it's done for my mom. My mom had seven kids before she was 25. Almost everyone in her life told her she was a loser and she wasn't gonna be successful. But my brother playing in the NBA and myself playing the NFL, my mom went back to college, got her degree, went back and got her masters. My sisters, the things they have been able to do. Myself, I have been around the world calculated four times with no college degree and no formal education. So for me, the CTE thing is real, but also in America, what other choice does a black man have that's better than the National Football League? That presents the opportunities economically, the influence that you have. So for me, I still encourage young people, the game is safer now than it's ever been. Are there some drawbacks of the game that are not pretty? Yes. But what is your recourse? Like, what do you do if you have athletic ability? You just decide not to play football, just going to play basketball, just going to play baseball? So for me, I'm conflicted. It's a game that I love, and given the information that I have, I hope the rest of my life works out well. But I'm willing to suffer the consequences because what it's done for me. So it's alarming. A guy 27. I knew Aaron Hernandez. You know why? Because Urban Meyer is a good friend of mine. I saw him recruit him from Bristol, Connecticut, an All-American. I saw him at the University of Florida in practices. And to think that this is a game that we encourage young people to play, and the end result was that. I'm conflicted. I really am. I used to break into the stadium and run the stadium steps in my hometown. And now that, that stadium's named after me. And you know the reason why, Nick? It's not because people like me. Because there was a time that it wasn't nice to be associated with Chris Carter. But the reason why my name is on that field is because of damn football, not nothing else. It's because of football. You know the reason why my name's on this show? I ain't got no great broadcasting screw, school, no. It's because I played football. That's the reason why. So most of the good things in my life, they come about because of football. So it's not good for me to see a young man who was trying to live out the same dream that I lived out and for it to end like that. And for football to be some type of cause that people would have to be concerned about football players as we get older, that we might become violent, that we have a tendency to hurt other people. Man, I don't want to be painted with that brush. I don't want to be a part of that. But that's the fraternity for which I come from, and it's really hard to escape. I think what you've done is given a lot of people insight on and how hard it is for some athletes to reconcile the fact that the sport that gives so much has also taken away so much. Yeah, it's and no different than the man who's going to mine coal. He's in West Virginia. You think he got a bunch of choices? 
You think he can open up this door, maybe open up the paper, and you know what? Let me look in the classified ads. Let me see what's available for me in West Virginia. So when I was growing up in the projects, I looked at what was available for me. How could I be successful? So I utilized my athletic ability and took that to Ohio State. They cultivated that, and I was drafted into the National Football League. And I stand here conflicted, but I can tell you, it's been the greatest experience of my life. It's been, I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't do it over any different than the way I did it because what it taught me and it grew me up. I started playing this game as a young boy, played this game as a young man, but the experiences of this game and the life lessons it taught me, this is what turned me into the man I am. I didn't have no father in my life. I ain't had nobody mentoring me. Football taught me to be the man I am. The reason why you guys don't worry about me being late, why you know I'm on time, is because football taught me that. The reason why I'm a gentleman, the reason why I do the things I do, football taught me that. The football coach taught me that. Most of my training in life comes from this game that I love. And it's called football. And now that we see that there's tremendous, tremendous damage done to your brain while playing the game. And I can't tell you that I'm not scared for my future. Man, so, yeah, like, I've never seen a former football player articulate what Chris Carter was able to articulate there. Um, And you can tell just in his voice, the words he was saying, um, how passionate he is still for the game of football. Um, and as a fan of football myself, I understand totally where he's coming from. Now, I've never played the game of football except, you know, pick up games and, you know, uh, flag football and stuff like that. Nowhere near the level of what Chris Carter has played, obviously. Um, but it, it, it was just such an emotion-filled, not, it wasn't really a speech, it was just his thoughts, and I thought that it was worth playing for you guys on the podcast, because, um, you know, if you were listening to it, as I just was, and I've obviously seen it before, each time that I watch it, um, it you, you, you get emotional, because it's that man's life, it's all the players that you grew up watching, it's every player that you're watching right now, um, it's the kids you know, from the little leagues up, up all the way to college, high school football, obviously. Um, it, it's, it's a fun game to watch. It's a fun game to play. As Chris Carter says, like, it's made people's lives. It's made families' lives. Um, as he articulated as well, you know, for an African-American, um, the opportunities that it provides where there just doesn't seem to be that many opportunities, um, all those things are such factors. And then you think about, unfortunately, the consequences of the sport, the physicalness, the violence of it, um, you know, the CTE issues, the, you know, murder-suicides, etc., etc. Um, you know, all you have to do is watch the movie Concussion with Will Smith, and you'll see a little bit more about it. But Oh man, like it, it, it's um, I, you don't even know what to say, you know, 
especially someone like me, because I'm I'm still a football fan. You know, I'll watch football, I'll watch the next Super Bowl, um, you know, I'll watch playoffs, I'll watch the odd game from time to time. Um, but you watch the game and you're conflicted, and that's just as a fan, because you know the effects of the game now. You know the consequences of the violence, you know? Um, in a way, it's like being a fan of boxing and MMA, which I'm, I am both, um, or even wrestling to a lesser extent. Even though wrestling is staged, sometimes things go wrong. Um, you know, these men are putting not only their careers on the line, but their lives on the line, and possibly the lives of people around them, you know. Um, it's just tragic, it's sad, you know, you hope that one day they can find a way to make the game more safe, find a way to develop, I don't know, helmets that will prevent the brain from sloshing around inside the, the skull, uh, prevent concussions that way, maybe it can absorb the impact so that the brain doesn't, you know, jiggle around inside the skull and prevent concussions and CTE. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing that I would say that I had an opinion on that I can articulate uh, with what Chris Carter was saying was, number one, he got me emotional. Uh, even right now, this is the second time I've watched that clip, um, as you can tell. Um, you can't, even if you're not a football fan, if you're just watching that clip, in general, you can't watch that clip and not get emotional because you just realize what's involved, you know, because Chris Carter did such a great job articulating it all. And um, the only thing that he said that I would challenge is his take on opportunities for African American athletes. And he was saying that, you know, what would you do? Would you rather play in the NBA or Major League Baseball rather than the NFL? Here's my take on that. And I know Chris Carter is coming from the NFL, so he's speaking from his own experience. But what I would challenge him on with that is that the NBA, you're talking about guaranteed money. You're talking about rosters that are smaller. So yes, the chances of you making it to the NBA are probably smart, smaller than your chances of making it to the NFL. But if you're talking about opportunities in terms of money, guaranteed money is in the NBA. The NFL does not have guaranteed money, does not have guaranteed contracts, and that's how players get cut left and right in the NFL, and players lose money. So. I hear what he's saying, don't get me wrong, but I don't necessarily totally agree with it in terms of athletes' opportunities. I, I feel like uh, there's guaranteed money in the NBA, and yes, the chances of you making it to the NBA are smaller because there's fewer teams, number one, and there's less roster spots, but the money there is guaranteed. That's not the case in the NFL. So as much as I appreciate what Chris Carter was saying throughout most of what he was saying, 
I do disagree with him on that one issue. Um, still, uh, quite quite the the takeaway uh, from what Chris Carter had to say. So we were speaking earlier about the Graham Cassidy bill, and we were talking about John McCain. And John McCain actually tweeted out himself, "I cannot, in good conscience, vote for Graham Cassidy. A bill impacting so many lives." deserves a bipartisan approach, and I could not agree with John McCain more. Unfortunately, I don't have faith in this government, and I don't believe that they will even attempt to go for a bipartisan approach. Uh, the politics in the U.S. has become so partisan and so poisonous and political uh, that it's just it's not going to happen. You know, um, and I, I wish, I wish that I could say differently, but especially because of the point that John McCain made, you know, how many people's lives are at stake with this. Um, but I don't have that faith in the people in government. I have that faith in certain people in the government. John McCain would be one of them. Um, but you look at how even what John McCain is doing has become politicized by uh, President Trump and other senators and that gives me even less faith in the government you know uh, and unfortunately that won't change until the people change the government and to change the government that means they have to vote and until more people do vote nothing's going to change unfortunately And this was a clip of Donald Trump saying that Melania really wanted to be there, but Melania was literally right there beside him. Uh, so I wanted to play this clip because it kind of shows... Uh, so this clip won't play, uh, but basically this was a clip of uh, Donald Trump having Melania right beside him, and he was saying that Melania really wanted to be here. Kind of weird. Uh, you know, if those of you that are old enough to remember Ronald Reagan and people being worried that he was maybe old and senile, that kind of looks old and senile. Um, then there was this. This was pretty funny. Uh, where are they now? So Jimmy Neutron on the left and on the right, uh, a video game called Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude uncut uh, which I believe was actually a video game based on porno <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny um, so Tim and Sid as we've been doing on a lot of these podcasts uh, have, has, have brought a match game uh, for the NHL teams different NHL teams uh, throughout Canada and they've finally gotten to my favorite team the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, so there were some really good ones that I wanted to share with you guys on this podcast because they were really good. Uh, so one of them was, the Leafs season will be uh, all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey there. Uh, then Trevor Williamson tweeted that the Leafs season will be a great success with Borat. Uh, and then Kingston Pete tweeted, the Leafs season will be a reason to celebrate. And going back to WWE, interesting thing about the WWE, 
uh, they're actually doing a survey with uh, people that subscribe to their network uh, to see if they would be interested, if the subscribers would be interested in the WWE bringing back a more mature version of wrestling like ECW. Um, hopefully like the original ECW, not like the WWE ECW um, from the, the 2005-2006 era. Um, but we'll see. Interesting that they're thinking about that. Um, going back into sports with the NBA, uh, Chris Humphreys uh, is planning to sign a deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so not the greatest player overall, but definitely one that's, you know, people are know who he is. Uh, so yeah. Um, Fergus Walsh tweeted out that scientists and engineers uh, have discovered an antibody that attacks 99% of HIV strains and can prevent infection in primates. Um, so there was a lot of information on this. Uh, the monkeys were given a combination of three antibodies and did not develop HIV when injected with the virus. And Sanofi US tweeted, Sanofi and NIH researchers developed preclinical three-in-one antibodies as a potential intervention for HIV. So really interesting stuff there. Um, obviously HIV and AIDS uh, still you know, up there in, in terms of issues along with cancer um, you know, that people would like to see solutions for. And it seems like they, may be, they might be on to something. Obviously they're testing it with primates right now, so it's gonna take some time before it gets to the human level. But, uh, you know, looks interesting. Something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, then there was this from Tim and Sid. Uh, this was actually pretty incredible. An artist drew Yankee Stadium using the names of every Yankee to play at Yankee Stadium. And there it is there. It's kind of hard to tell, um, but we do have that uh, image on twitter.com slash Newton. So, you know, if you're interested, I would definitely recommend you guys check it out. I found it to be pretty cool myself. Uh, I'm a Blue Jays fan, not really a Yankees fan, but uh, even for me, I found it pretty, pretty cool. Uh, then there was this bit of information for the states. So those of you guys watching in the states or listening in the states, uh, T-Mobile and Sprint could announce a merger in October. Uh, so my take on that is that that kind of sucks because it gives less options to the customers and it creates more and more of this monopoly uh, type of situation in the states. Uh, Tom tweeted out, T-Mobile and Sprint are talking again, but the competition argument against the deal is as valid as ever. So again, my point there, trying to avoid a monopoly, these two huge cell phone providers merging would make less competition, would make less options for the consumers, and usually that's not a good thing. Then there was this on the Price is Right. $80,000. So for the Price is Right, they've got the spinning wheel. And... Welcome to season 46, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Started hosting the show 10 years ago. And we have a new special bonus on the wheel today. If you spin a dollar on the wheel, you get $10,000. 
on the wheel in one show 85 you're looking for the green 15 Slow. come on baby oh my goodness are you kidding me are you kidding me Obviously, spinning the wheel got kind of cut off there, but um, yeah, spinning the wheel, $80,000 in one show. Um, so there's a lot of reaction to this, obviously. Uh, one of them was, this must, this might be the most insane Price is Right episode I've ever seen. One $10,000 winner and two $35,000 winners from getting $5 spins on the wheel? Pretty crazy. And that guy, by the way, don't know if you could necessarily tell, he's doing a snow angel in a pile of money. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Mike Cole tweeted out, and I agree with him because I used to watch, uh, I used to watch The Prices Right uh, when I was sick from school as well. He says, "This never happened when I stayed home sick from school." <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking when I was watching that. Uh, then Sand tweeted out. The price is right, better get that wheel checked out because it's hemorrhaging money. As we see Woody Harrelson there crying into his money. Uh, then Turtle tweeted, The price is right is now bankrupt after everyone spun the wheel and got a dollar. And I said, now for future shows, if somebody lands on a dollar, they get just one dollar. <laughs> Uh, so then WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, hoping someday John Cena beats Sheamus and Cesaro in a handicap match. Just for the headline, the AA shuts down the bar. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that NASA estimates that the value of minerals in the asteroid belt exceeds 600. I don't even know how much that is. There's a lot of zeros. Check it out. Twitter.com slash Newton insane amount of money 
Then there was this classic, which was 10 years ago today, uh, that Tim and Sid tweeted out that I wanted to play for you guys. Classic, classic. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Come after me! Okay, so you guys get the point. Um, but yeah, that was a classic, and it, I can't believe it was 10 years ago now. Uh, that coach trying to protect his players, trying to get the media to focus on him because he's a man, he's 40. Um, it was a funny clip at the time. Still is. Uh, Matthew from Botchamania tweeted out, I didn't realize some people actually believed Ken Kennedy was responsible for Eddie Guerrero's death until today. And he posted an image where somebody said that uh, Mr. Kennedy... Uh, contributed to the death of Eddie Guerrero by hitting him way too hard with the chair shot two to three days before he died. <laughs> Some people are just crazy, man. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, Chase dreams, not people. I thought that was an interesting tweet. Uh, Shams tweeted out that uh, Canadian player and former number one overall pick Anthony Bennett signed a non-guaranteed deal with the Phoenix Suns. So interesting that he's getting yet another shot, another opportunity at the NBA. Then there was this. So this was what's known as the hidden ball trick uh, in baseball. And what happened was uh, second baseman Ryan Goins, uh, he actually got the ball uh, from Jose Batista. He was standing on the base and he pretended like he was going to throw it. Well, actually, here it is here, finally it's playing. So you see Batista throwing it. Goins gets it, pretends that he's going to throw it. Todd Frazier steps off the second base. He gets tagged. He's out. Um, so really cool play there. Todd Frazier, obviously, pretty pissed off about that. Uh, then... And this was 21 hours ago, so I know and believe me, in this podcast will catch everything up. But 21 hours ago, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that a story was filed to ESPN that Carmelo Anthony has expanded the list of teams with which he'd accept a trade, including the Cleveland Cavaliers. So a lot of interest, a lot of pressure that Carmelo Anthony has been putting on the Knicks to get a trade. Possibly he could play with LeBron James. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. So then there was a tweet from Sahil uh, Kapoor who tweeted out, in Alabama, uh, Trump says he's endorsed Luther Strange out of loyalty, and then Trump said in quotes, and I might have made a mistake, I'll be honest. Uh, so David Knowles responded and said, that's a ringing endorsement. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Alexis Levinson tweeted that Donald Trump said, we're also sending our prayers to Mexico. And then a woman in the crowd draws, and we're still building the wall. Donald Trump crowds. Uh, then interesting news from NBC News. Uh, this was from yesterday as well. CVS, CVS Pharmacy, became the first pharmacy uh, in the U.S. to limit opioids prescriptions to just a seven-day supply. Obviously, the opioid crisis, the addiction, the deaths, uh, the tragedies that have happened because of it, CVS taking a stand, um, and there's a lot of interesting takes about it. My take is, uh, 
I like that they're trying to do something about it, but I think that this move might actually just strengthen the underground market for opioids. Uh, and also, uh, just on a personal level, some of you guys might be wondering, like, why wasn't there a podcast yesterday? Uh, the reason was I was busy, um, and I was busy doing surprisingly investments, if you can believe it. So um, I'm now, as I tweeted here, what Republicans would call a job creator, uh, because I'm now an investor in uh, market growth GICs, uh, as well as six different kinds of portfolios of stocks and bonds. So yes, I am now one of those guys. Um, so chances are, uh, I'll have to see how it goes, but I might actually pour some of that into this podcast if anybody's interested. Um, there seems to be some interest in it. I'm not going to lie, there's some interest I'm getting from uh, people on Facebook and on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, so there's a chance that this podcast could also, you can add uh, things about the stock market into the show. So that'd be kind of cool. We do sometimes talk about economics, so there wouldn't be that much of a stretch for this podcast to go there. Um, but yes, I am now a job creator. I'm now an investor. Um, so pretty, pretty cool stuff. And I will probably definitely be sharing more and more about it as these podcasts go on. Um, then there was this, Donald Trump wishing that NFL owners would tell anthem protesters to, quote, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Um, and there's a clip here. Hopefully it plays. one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say get that son of a bitch off the field right now out he's fired he's fired so Wesley Lowry responded to that and he said the president of the United States advocating private businesses to fire employees who express political views he doesn't like and that's exactly right and sure enough, we'll talk a little bit later, but the commissioner of the NFL came out against what Donald Trump said as well. Um, but we'll get into that. Donald Trump also voiced his opinion on there being too much attention on CTE in the NFL. He says, quote, they're ruining the game. Now, after what we just saw from Chris Carter, and the level of thought that went into what Chris Carter had to say, it's crazy to see this, but we will play it anyways. Two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom, 15 yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game, right? They're ruining the game. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit, okay? They want to hit. but. But it is hurting the game. But you know what's hurting the game more than that? When and thankfully that clip cut short. Um, why a president is even talking about the NFL, especially with all the problems going on in the world right now, I have no fucking idea. Why he's continuing to campaign and rally when it's the year... What year is it? Oh yeah, 2017, and he hasn't even been president for a year yet. I have no fucking idea. This guy is batshit crazy. 
if it's not obvious obvious to you yet um, I feel sorry for you um, it will be obvious to you um, there's a reason why people in New York City don't like this guy um, and there's a reason why Donald Trump pretends that he likes these people in Alabama and wherever the fuck else he does his rallies because he's found new suckers you know he's just a city slicker with schemes and you know he's happy to be in Alabama for a rally or Phoenix wherever the fuck he goes um, because he knows he's found new suckers all of these people that vote for him are suckers and unfortunately for them um, they will find that out the hard way uh, so then there was a response from at just despite you uh, who's responding back on the opioid issue and he was saying it should be between a patient and their doctor period pain patients matter too and obviously it's very controversial and I understand that um, and there, to me there's no right or wrong to it you know I understand what CVS is trying to do about this issue um, because as the President Trump has said uh, it is a national crisis in the US and I would argue that it's a crisis throughout parts of the world Canada is no different really um, but there are those that would argue that pain patients may have an addiction to the opioids so you know it's a it's it's a debate it's an argument that you can't really win on one side or the other there's no right or wrong to this issue um, and yeah you know it'll be interesting to see what comes of all of this um, uh, then I had a random brain dropping uh, where I was joking you know your girl is getting older when she tells you the only thing getting lit this weekend are my scented candles <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good um, another random brain dropping uh, it's been 20 years since Bill Goldberg debuted in WCW yeah, I feel old too. And I don't know, maybe some of you guys that are watching, listening to the podcast, if you're a wrestling fan, can fill me in. I was under the impression that Starcade is going to be an event on WWE Network. Now I'm hearing that it's just a house show. Um, I hope they televise it on the network. Hopefully those of you guys that watch the show, listen to the show, if you can hit me up, uh, either a comment on YouTube or know message me on Twitter Facebook wherever um, let me know what you know about Starcade because what what I thought was it's gonna be on the WWE Network now it appears it's just gonna be a house show that would kind of suck I'd love to see it be on the WWE Network uh, then there was this tweet from Uberfax which is pretty crazy he says that laser tattoo removal doesn't really remove the tattoo it helps break it down so your white blood cells can carry it away. Then you literally poop out your tattoo. It's pretty crazy. Another tweet uh, from Uberfax, keeping it in the shitty genre. Uh, Diarrhea has killed more people in the 20th century than all the wars combined. Uh, and Uberfax had a lot of good stuff. Uh, 16 hours ago, they were saying for 20 years, the U.S. nuclear launch code was a bunch of zeros. 
Uh, Uberfax also tweeted out, America has the highest number of serial killers in the world. That's pretty crazy. Uberfax also tweeted out, it is estimated that in 1,000 years, our languages today will be extinct. That's pretty crazy. Uberfax tweeted out that 7% of the world has a college education. Uh, Uberfax also tweeted out that Neil Armstrong had to fill out an immigration form while he was coming back to Earth from the moon. That's also pretty crazy. Uh, and 13 hours ago, Taco Bell started off as a hot dog stand. That tweet coming from Uberfax, obviously not 13 hours ago did Taco Bell do that. 13 hours ago was Uberfax tweet about it. Uh, then there was news that came out from Conflict News saying that there was a 3.4 magnitude earthquake detected in North Korea, unclear if it was natural or not. Uh, so my reaction to that was so much for over the Pacific, uh, which was a threat that Kim Jong-un had about testing out another hydrogen bomb, uh, I just said jackasses, um, or does the US and God hate North Korea according to Kim Jong-un because if it's a natural disaster, if it's an earthquake you know uh, Uberfax tweeted out that you can run for president while in prison I responded to that of course and I said so that means Donald Trump really could run in 2020, wow uh, speaking of Donald Trump he tweeted out that John McCain never had any intention of voting for this bill, which his governor loves. He campaigned on repeal and replace. He let Arizona down. And my response to Donald Trump was, poor baby, uh, crying over spilt milk. Wait a second. By your own definition, that makes you a loser. Sad. Uh, Donald Trump continued his tweets, as he often does. I know Rand Paul, and I think he may find a way to get there for the good of the party. And uh, Kirk McElhern tweeted out, the good of the party, not the good of the American people. Very solid observation there. Uh, then there was this. This is pretty cool. So a lot of people are wondering... Sometimes, you know, where did the middle finger come from? When was the first time that the middle finger was captured in a photo? Uh, and it was actually captured in this image. And this was 1886. Uh, this was a team photo uh, for then the team was known, believe it or not, as the Boston Bean Eaters. That's right, Bean Eaters was Boston's team back in the day. Um, and at the top left, you may not be able to see it necessarily, but again, it's on twitter.com slash thejohndnewton, is your boy, Old Haas. And Old Haas, in the team photo, over the guy's shoulder, is like this, flicking off the cameraman. So I did a bit of a close-up, and I said that in 1886, your boy, Old Haas, was a boss. He was the originator, the very first person to be photographed giving the bird. Uh, speaking of photographs, speaking of pictures, EarthPix tweeted out a crashed and sunken World War II plane uh, found in Nico Bay Palo. Really cool stuff. 
going back to Tim and Sid and what the Leafs season will be like, the Leafs season will be sophomore slump, possible injuries, paying Nylander and others, and possibly trading James Van Riemsdyk. And they've got the crying Jordan meme uh, with the dark guy reference because they've got the cigarette there too. So pretty funny stuff. Uh, then Simadan522, that is an awesome Twitter handle, uh, said that planning a parade after every win and total panic after every loss, and he's a Leafs fan, I am too, I agree with him, uh, it's going to be media hysteria, absolutely. John Schmidt tweeted, uh, it's going to be a hole-in-one for the Leafs, but a double bogey for the country clubs, <laughs> that was pretty cute. Um, then eight hours ago, I had a brain dropping for all of the Make America Great Again fans. I wonder if they know that Fox News was actually started by an Australian. Um, and then, just when you think things can't get worse in the world, and again, who would you have to blame for this? None other than President Donald Trump. Because at the UN, Donald Trump was slamming the deal that's already in place between the rest of the world and Iran when it comes to nuclear weapon development. So, Iran has defied warnings from the US by carrying out a ballistic missile test amid rising tension with Washington. And again, all of this as a result of Donald Trump, which I'll get into a little bit more as we go along. Uh, NBC Nightly News tweeted out, Iran will strengthen missile capabilities and won't seek permission from any country, uh, President Rouhani says, during Tehran's armed forces parade. So again, not a good thing. And this is an image of Iran testing new ballistic missile that can carry multiple warheads and can travel up to 2,000 kilometers, says their state, state media. So, and that's uh, Al Jazeera English tweeting that. So. You know, um, it seems like the world's attention is on North Korea, but maybe the attention should now be on Iran, thanks to Mr. Trump. And they've also released footage of the missile launch test as well. Uh, There you see it as it launches from the launch pad. Just crazy stuff, man. In the world, you don't want to be seeing bullshit like this from any country. And I would even put the U.S. into that category. Um, I would love to see the world denuclearize. I'd love to see the world denuclearization is the word I'm looking for. Um, Just remove the nuclear weapons. Get rid of these fucking missiles. Get rid of the this old tired idea of war. Um, if you can't do it through diplomacy, then fuck off. Like, you know, like, this is 2017. There shouldn't be any need for war anymore for any reason. It's just total insanity. Uh, Boris Johnson tweeted out, extremely concerned by reports of Iran missile test, which is inconsistent with UN Resolution 2231, call on Iran to halt provocative acts. Uh, Ellie tweeted out, the timing of Iran's latest ballistic missile test should come as no surprise after Trump's United Nations speech, again, what I pointed out. 
Uh, Ellie tweet also tweeted out, Trump's stance on Iran and regional tensions led to consensus in Tehran that missiles, the missiles program should strengthen and is non-negotiable. The West and Iran have serious security concerns with respect to one another, as well as regional issues. Diplomacy is the most effective tool to resolve these differences. And I just tweeted out that I'm really, and I really am, getting tired of Trump unraveling the world's problems and making them worse with his dumbass machismo remarks. And I'm sure most of you guys are as well. You look at North Korea, Rocket Man, you look at Iran, talking about the fact that he doesn't agree with the nuclear deal that they've made with the rest of the world. Just the most ignorant, stupid comments that are just forcing things to get worse. And this guy has no fucking idea what he's doing. Um, and I added to that, someone in the White House, <clears throat> General Kelly, uh, needs to shut Donald Trump up before he escalates a nuclear world war that would kill us all. Hashtag shut the fuck up. Speaking of telling Donald Trump to shut the fuck up, even NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is getting in on that action. He's saying that Trump's attacks show a lack of respect for the NFL. My response to that is, good, now stand up for Kaepernick and maybe I can almost have respect for you, Roger Goodell. Dave tweeted out, Given Donald Trump's remarks about NFL players, here's a reminder, owners of seven NFL teams gave Donald Trump during his inauguration $1 million each. And then Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out, Carmelo Anthony is continuing to express to New York an urgency to be traded before the start of camp next week, sources tell ESPN. So maybe there's something that I'll be able to talk about before the end of this podcast with Carmelo Anthony. We'll have to see. Uh, so LeBron James tweeted out after Steph Curry was told by Donald Trump that he's no longer invited to come to the White House as an NBA champion LeBron James tweeted out and remember LeBron James is Steph Curry's rival but they both see the same side of this like the world seemingly is against Donald fucking Trump including LeBron James he says you bum Steph Curry already said he ain't going, so therefore ain't no invite. Going to the White House was a great honor until you showed up. I couldn't agree with both of those guys anymore. I agree with Steph Curry and LeBron James and the Golden State Warriors. Fuck Donald Trump, man. Uh, then we've got this clip, which I thought was pretty funny, if it plays. Uh, the dab hopefully is dying. Maybe this video will help to contribute to that. Uh, but I wanted to play it for you guys because it is pretty funny. Uh, it's basically a lineup of people doing the dab, lineup of kids doing the dab. And there was one kid towards the end that I don't think really got the idea of it. that 
so yes, I was teasing you guys throughout the whole podcast. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was traded, and he was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I actually forgot that Paul George went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I was thinking, oh, so he's going to go play with Russell Westbrook. Yes, and Paul George. So all of a sudden, the Thunder have an interesting team. Now, are the Thunder going to be good enough to compete with Golden State, San Antonio, and Houston? I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. You could have some potential semi-final matches that are going to be interesting, leading to a Western Conference final that would be interesting. Uh, I think whoever wins the Western Finals is going to win the championship, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just don't have faith in the Cavs. I love the Raptors. I'm a Raptors fan, but I don't see the Raptors beating anybody that comes out of the West. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, does this make the Thunder a favorite for the championship? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write them off. I, I, I think that it makes them an interesting team. Uh, chemistry in basketball is everything. And you saw that with the original super team, Miami Heat, when Chris Bosch and LeBron James went to play with Dwayne Wade. It took them a season to get their chemistry right. Uh, same thing might happen with the Thunder, same thing might happen with the Rockets, but in the meantime, you've got Golden State which is, you know, just owning all these other fools. And you've got uh, San Antonio as well. And again, guys, in my opinion, there's no better coach in all of sports than Greg Popovich. I have so much respect for Greg Popovich. Don't be surprised if there's anybody that can beat the Warriors if San Antonio does it. I've got that much faith in Popovich. So the deal... We'll see Russell Westbrook and Paul George obviously playing a huge role in getting Carmelo Anthony to waive his no trade to come to Oklahoma City. New York agreed to send uh, Cantor and McDermott as well as a second round pick uh, to the Knicks for Carmelo Anthony. So on the other side of the equation you have the New York Knicks, obviously a hugely disappointed fan base and one of the most storied franchises. It really is a shame as a basketball fan myself. I would love to see the Knicks be a competitive team again, uh, but it seems like in my lifetime that hasn't been the case since the days of Patrick Ewing, man, and I was a little kid back then, but uh, yeah, Carmelo Anthony just did not work out for the Knicks, and uh, the return that they got, Cantor's not bad, but I don't think that this is the kind of return that you would want as a Knicks fan. Uh, Joe Rogan tweeted out an interesting uh, article about the connection between red meat and cancer possibly being bullshit. Uh, so, interesting read if you guys are interested. Twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. And then, between the Kingsman 2 and Logan Lucky, which I've also seen recently... I now have Take Me Home Country Roads stuck in my head. Um, I don't want to sing it on the podcast because, number one, I can't really sing. But number two, I don't want it to get stuck in your head. I've got a little bit more respect for you guys than that. Um, but yeah, John Denver's Take Me Home Country Road. If you hear that enough times in your head, you'll start singing it to yourself. And... Uh, you know, yeah, hopefully it'll get out of my head.
Um, and then we'll finish this podcast off uh, by talking about the fact that after that trade, people will come. Uh, Trey Burke finalized a deal with Oklahoma City Thunder, so that makes them even more of a dangerous team. So all of a sudden, the West looking more and more interesting. The NBA season coming up soon should be interesting. Uh, hopefully, this podcast was interesting for you guys. I want to thank you guys for uh, you know being patient for this episode. Hopefully, it was worth it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll see you guys on the next one.